Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. Now, let me tell you one thing at Venture and reaching unchurched people is we want to keep it real. And sometimes when you keep it real, it gets a little, you know, chilly in the room. You're like, hey, that was kind of heavy. And so we're going to start off with a heavier message to lay the foundation for this series. And so if this makes you a little anxious or a little nervous or like, hey, that's too much, it's okay. This is the one, and you're already in here now, too late. Uh, but this is the one we're going to launch off of. So, so don't let it scare you away because we're going to talk about how to have peace in an age of anxiety. And it's for every single person. This is an all skate kind of message because Generation Z, and I so many of these Generation Z, man, I love them, and from seven to 25, they are the most lonely generation that exists. And you're like, how's that possible? I mean, they're always on their phone. They're always doing some kind of messaging. They come up with a new kind of messaging. By the time you think you've got it figured out, there's a new Marco Polo. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow. And the reason is, get this, and this is for everybody. This is not just Generation Z. They did the averages on how many times you touch your cell phone or device for social media a day, and it's over 2,600 times. Now, let that settle in. You know, you're reaching for your phone, you're reaching for your computer, you're reaching for some device over 2,600 times. At the low end, on the high end, it's over 5,400 times. And it's no wonder that we're struggling. I'm not against social media. I'm not against phones and computers. I'm just saying what's happened is we're so connected, we can't get disconnected. And it's leading to all kinds of things that we've never seen before. And so we want to try to deal with that. And I want your help. Uh, This is what I want you to do when you came in. You got a survey that looks like this, a little survey card. Don't put your name on it. We don't want to know your name. We just want to know some of the things you're struggling with and so that we can deal with it over the next few weeks because we want to help you. This is not just checking off a box in terms of going to church. This is checking off a box so we know how to help. We know how to encourage. We know how to build things into venture that will actually help you. So take this card out. Make sure you have one. You're going to place it in the offering basket at the end. It's real simple. No names. We don't have any fingerprint things that we can find out who you are. This will just help us know what we're dealing with because I feel like There are hundreds of people at Venture that are struggling, okay? And so this will help us know, and if only one card comes back, you know, maybe we can change the series. So number one, have you ever felt paralyzed by fear, yes or no? Don't say, well, you know, not really, just yes or no, not maybe, yes or no. Have you ever felt isolated in your struggle as if no one could understand what you were going through, yes or no? Have you ever been so discouraged or hurt that you could not pray or even get out of bed? Yes or no? Do you have broken relationships that you fear can't be repaired? Yes or no? Have you ever thought the world would be a better place and would be better off without you in it? Just yes or no, and that will help us. Because, listen, anxiety and depression is a big deal. And and I did some studying on this. I, I like to think about these things and how to help people. And I found that 47 million Americans have been diagnosed with a mental illness of some kind, anxiety, depression, bipolar, eating disorder, whatever it may be. One out of five are clinically sick. Young adults, 18 to 25, led the charge at 26%. 26% of that population said that they were struggling emotionally. 
of 47,173 suicides in 2017. I haven't got the update on that for, for uh, last year, but that was in 2017. That's 123, 123 people a day that end their lives. That's five per hour, five during this worship service. 1.4 million suicide attempts in 2017. And this took me off guard because you get older, you think, oh, old people don't have anything to worry about. They're almost dead. But here's the thing. It says the highest rate of suicide is middle-aged white men. And so you're like, wow, you got to be kidding me. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. And, and, and one of the things that happened last week, I don't know if you're like me, but when I found out Kobe Bryant and the people on that helicopter were killed in the helicopter crash, man, it made me feel vulnerable. I mean, I thought, you know, we're fragile. I mean, you see people like Kobe on TV, and you're like, this guy's Superman. I mean, th this guy, like, he could jump out of the helicopter. It's only 30 feet. I mean, he could jump out of the helicopter and take the helicopter and sling it 30 feet. I mean, he's Superman. He can jump almost 30 feet. I mean, Kobe's got this. No, Kobe don't got this. Kobe ain't Superman. And, and to realize that, if I don't know about you, but like it, it had an impact on me. And think about his family. And I'm going like, man, we are fragile. And, and the reality is, and you, you can write, this is good. You're either going into a stressful situation, you are in a stressful situation, or you're coming out of one. And if you're the type of person where you struggle with anxiety and you don't really like anybody knowing about it because, hey, you're, you don't really know what to call it. You know, you're just like, hey, you're in a bad mood a lot or whatever. It's more than that, okay? If you're really struggling with anxiety and depression and all these other things, listen, I understand. I, I want to say to you in, in all of our venues, North Venue and, and over at the Hunt Club and, and down in Stone County and our friends in Gulfport and the thousands of people online, hey, join the club because I suffer from that too. And, I, you know, when I said this at 8.30, man, there were so many people at 8.30, and I could just tell. They were like, you suffer? You're struggling with anxiety? I mean, I thought you were a preacher. Well, I'm a preacher. Well, don't you have faith? Don't you read the Bible? Don't you pray? Yeah, more than all of you. I mean, I'm trying, not trying to do the swag. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to swag on you. Like, I know Super Bowl, but like, I could swag on that, okay? And like, yeah, you know, I mean, I could do, I could do all that, but I'm trying not to do that, you know? So don't, no, don't come to me and go, man, I just want to pray. You know, I just got a prayer for you because, man, I, I beat you in prayer. And uh, I'm, I'm Super Bowl, okay? So, so the reality is, you know, I get that. I pray too, and, and I struggle too, you know? But, and, and, but I struggle well. And see, that is the difference when you start realizing that, hey, you can struggle. It's okay to struggle. We all struggle. Just struggle well. For the last 15 years, okay, I, I've been here 33 years. I started here when I was two. I'm 35 now. And, uh, the, but the last 15 years, I've taken medication. You say, well, how'd you know you needed it? Well, I drove up to this campus. It was the craziest thing. You know, I drove up, and there, this building wasn't here yet, uh, the children's building. And I drove up one morning, and, you know, like getting out of the tiger, and I had the eye of the possum. Uh, I mean, like I couldn't, like, my, like I, I was trying to get out, and my arm wouldn't move. I'm not kidding you, man. It was the weirdest thing because, I mean, I am a stud. And, and like I was thinking, what is wrong with my arm? My arm's not moving. I'm not opening the door. And I was kind of, you know, like, this is something that is wrong. So I drove to, the, to the, my doctor and I said, man, there's something wrong. Like, like I couldn't get out of the car and go to work. And so he put me through this battery of tests. And, and he said, hey, let me have your, your family history. And so I got my family history. And like he's going, dude, like you're, you're struggling. You're sick. 
And he said, I can't believe you've done this well. And I thought, well, man, this would have been nice to know before I got in front of 5,000 people doing it three or four times a week. I mean, like, you know, the number one fear people have is public speaking. And you're going to tell me I'm going to struggle with anxiety and, and that I've got to stand up in front of thousands of people and I've got to talk a different message and, oh, I've got to be funny and I've got to be up and I've got to kind of, whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen, if I can do this with the help of the Lord and some medication and some counseling, you can too. Yeah, you can clap for that. Yeah. Yeah. You can overcome too. You say, well, why would you tell us all this? Because I love you. I don't know if you figured that out by now, but I'm not just preaching for my health or for the money. I, I love you. And my thought is maybe one person that's out there, you're going like, you mean the preacher is standing up and saying he has to take medication, he has to take medication for anxiety? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You mean he had to go to a counselor? I mean, isn't that a lack of faith? No, that's a lack of fear. <laughs> I don't, I'm not afraid. See, I don't have a fear of failure. I don't have a fear of labels. I don't have a fear of being judged because when I do, I go all the way back, like Timmy said last week, of who Jesus says I am. And when I know who Jesus says I am, it doesn't really matter what other people think. And when people say to you, if you're struggling with some kind of issue, and it may be an addiction, it may be depression, it may be anxiety, and, and people just say, well, you need to pray more, don't go off on them, because that's what I used to do. I used to say things. I wanted to put that in my sermon, but I couldn't. But, but they just don't understand. Like when you read through history and you look at some of the greatest people, and I don't have time to go through all of them, Charles Spurgeon, if you're into ministry kind of stuff and, and you struggle with depression, he was the prince of preachers. He would get so depressed he couldn't get out of bed on Sunday morning to go preach. And his wife started dressing in all black, and he finally asked her one day, why are you dressed in all black? He, she said, well, I'm mourning like someone died just like you. Like Job's wife, like, please take her, Lord, leave the other people. See, see, people don't understand. Like, some of you are married to someone that's struggling with depression and anxiety, and you're like, suck it up, because you don't get it. You don't understand. Winston Churchill, the, the, the bulldog of England, I mean, this dude, you mean, he was a bad man. He, he said that w w there were certain days, it was like he was walking a big black dog. He said the depression would descend on him like a fog. Mother Teresa, who doesn't love Mother Teresa? If you look at her diary, she said, I was so anxious. She said, I, she said I'm not even sure if I'm a Christian. Mother Teresa. Listen, don't hide behind a mask. I did that for years because I didn't know what was going on and I just sucked it up and, and I started using anxiety to help me preach because you can, if you, if you really can learn, if you get sick enough, you can learn to use anxiety and all this for you and man, you can be dramatic and you can be wide open and, and, and you can use religion to mask a lot of stuff. You can use success to mask the things that are going on in your life. You, you can self-medicate. You know why so many people are doing drugs and alcohol and smoking weed and doing and, and, and porn? They're trying to self-medicate something that's going on at the root of their heart. Man, they are so anxious. There's something broken. And don't hide behind your profile picture. I mean, I see profile pictures of people, and I'm thinking, man, you can't be that good. 
I mean, if you ever just want to text somebody, like, like they're always, their profile picture, they're always like beautiful or they're always handsome or they're always, you know, like, like this and, and, and they're eating like, you know, like a, a sampler at Applebee's. I mean, that may not be a big deal. That's probably true. But, but they're doing something and they're trying to look like something that they're not. Listen, let me tell you the truth. We're all broken. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 2, there was no cancer, okay? Genesis chapter 2, there, there, were, there, were, there was no insulin for diabetes. Genesis chapter 2, there was no anxiety. Genesis chapter 2, there was no murder. There were no homicides. Genesis chapter 3, everything changed. And every one of us have felt the brokenness. It may be, it may be chemical, like me. There's some synapses. I'm kind of finding this out. They, they, they don't receive things right. They don't receive the dopamine and serotonin and the neuroepinephrine. They, they don't take them in, in the right way. And with a little medication, it's not a silver bullet, but it kind of helps them kind of figure out where they need to be. And you go, that's kind of weird. Well, how about, how about abuse? I did my, my doctorate, okay, I, did, I don't like to tell anybody about this because I, I, PhDs are that scary to me, but, but one of the things I did, I went into a mental hospital to take intakes of, stu- of, of uh, patients, and, and I would do the intakes, and it was so weird, I would go and they'd lock the door behind you, this is in a state hospital in Mandeville, and they would lock the door behind you, and I would sit down and do intake interviews that, they, that, the, that the physicians would use to figure out how to treat them. And I would look into the eyes of kids that had been abused, and, man, they were just hollow. It, it was like looking through somebody. It's like a zombie. And I started speaking into them, and, oh, no, it's not over. Oh, no, no, let me tell you, God loves you. Let me tell you, no, I didn't stay long. Okay, I didn't get to go there long. But I'm telling you, I'm speaking, I can speak into you. Nobody can stop me because, because God can heal you. God can do things inside you that you could never do in a million years. For some of you, it's physical. You, know, you don't think anything about taking a statin drug for high blood pressure. You're like, oh, won't you just pray about that? Well, cancer. I mean, you, you got cancer. Well, well, how about your contacts? Just pop them out and start praying. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go there. I kind of got, I got a little crazy with it, you know. So, yeah, see, we're broken. It's okay. You know, it's not a lack of faith to, to, to wear glasses. It's not a lack of faith to, to take medicine. It's not a lack of faith to have the insulin. Some of you are broken spiritually. Because somewhere along the line, you went to some church and, and, man, they put guilt and shame on you and they poured it on you. You've got PTSD. When you come back into churches, man, you have a flashback. You have a flashback because, man, they have wounded you. They have hurt you. We all know that religious people are the meanest people on the face of the earth. They will shank you and quote two scriptures. That gossip prayer chain. You've been there. I've been there, man. We don't want to be like that. We want to be real. We want to love you. We want to take you where you are. We want to say, God gets you. You don't have to clean up. God will do that in your life. Open your heart up to him. We create avenues for you to meet God. And he's not there to judge you. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. Listen, if you struggle with anxiety and depression, God's not picking on you. He is with you. He shows up. For some of you, it's your thinking. Man, you get so negative. You get, like me, you get obsessed over something, and you obsess, and you obsess, and you obsess, and you obsess, and you you get negative, and somebody says something negative. Yeah, that's who I am. That's not who you are. God loves you. He sent Jesus for you. For some of you, it's relationships. You have picked the worst people to like. 
it's like that show about the girl that dated the werewolf. I mean, I'm like, oh my goodness, gouge my eyes out. Help me. What, are, what do you think? For some of you, you have, you have liked people. They have been radioactive to you. They are nuclear to you. They have hurt you. They have abandoned you. And man, it has left you. Man, you are, you're just toxic. You're broken. And Jesus says, I got you. Jesus says, I get you. Because Jesus was abandoned. Oh, we'll never forsake you. Oh, we'll never leave you. Oh, we got your back, Jesus. Oh, we're going to rule with you in the kingdom. And then it gets rough. What do they do? Twelve of them, they all start running. You ever been abandoned by a friend? One of them takes his own life. Jesus was bullied and abused. Man, man, when you think about what all Jesus went through, that they hung up on a cross with no clothes on. Even like somebody taking a picture of you in a vulnerable situation with no clothes and spreading it all over the internet. Jesus gets you. And my fear is if we don't keep it real, you'll walk in here and you'll miss the gospel. You'll think you got it going on. You ain't got it going on. We all need Jesus. We're all broken. We all need help. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, 52, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. He is a friend to the broken. He is a friend to the addicted. He is a friend to the tormented. And Isaiah says this about him in Isaiah chapter 53. And man, I love this. And if you're struggling with anything, I don't know what it is, man. It could be like, you know, I can't cover all the things that could be happening to you. But, but Isaiah covered them all. Listen to what he says in Isaiah 53. He says, Jesus had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. There was nothing in his appearance. There was nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by all of mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised. And we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain. He bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds were healed. Because we all like sheep have gone astray. We've all turned to go in our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he didn't open his mouth, didn't say a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and a sheep before the shears is silent. He didn't open his mouth. After he had suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. You know what that's saying about Jesus? It's saying Jesus was poor. I mean, not, not, just, not just financially poor. He just poor. Like, like his look. He said there was nothing about him. Like, like if you ever wondered what Jesus looked like, the Bible says that, that he, well, people turn their eyes. Like he was so unattractive, people turn their eyes from him. It says that there was nothing about Jesus. You'd go, hey, I want him on my team. Hey, there's nothing about Jesus. I want him at my table. If you've ever felt that way, he gets you. Jesus would not be on the Peloton commercial. I mean, they're, they're, all of mankind is going, no, we don't want this guy. No, no, we don't want this guy. No, we don't want this. He's the son of God. He took our pain. You know, I'm always wondering how many people are walking into this place with incredible pain and they mask it in so many different ways. You don't have to do that anymore. Jesus knew your pain. He enters your struggle. 
He embraces your fear. He climbs on your crazy train. He, fe- he feels the fog of your despair and hopelessness. No other religion says that. He gets you. He loves you. He walks with you. He, he, was, he was punished. Like you don't have to wonder, is God punishing me? Is God punishing me? If you know Christ, he can't punish you. He's already punished Jesus. All of your sins, all of your shame, all of your guilt, all the things done to you and by you are covered by Jesus Christ. And it says by his peace. The punishment on him brought us peace. Now listen to me. This is important. Peace is not just, it didn't just kind of come on. You're like, you got to fight for peace. He gives you peace in your cancer. He gives you peace in your divorce. He gives you peace in whatever you're dealing with because Jesus on the cross suffocated so that you could breathe. You don't ever go out of here saying, no, I'm bipolar. No, you're a child of God. Don't ever go out of here saying, I'm abandoned. No, you're cherished and desired. Don't ever go out of here saying, I'm an addict. No, you're more than a conqueror. Because in Jesus Christ, when you come to him, he wants you to walk in victory. And so I want to invite you. Listen to me. I want to invite you to join the fight club. That you understand that that Christ is calling you in to say, I am with you. I will fight with you. And then you're saying, we're going to keep it real. Like when you're fighting and you're struggling, we're going to fight and struggle with you. When you're celebrating because you're overcoming things, we're going to celebrate with you. Paul says, God gets you. He says that, that although our body is wasting away, we don't lose heart because inwardly we're being renewed day by day. You say, well, what do I do about that? If, I, if I'm really struggling with anxiety and depression, like, like, like what do I do about that? Well, there's three things. I'm going to give this to you, and then I'm going to give you a moment just to kind of let all this sink in. And remember, this is the grainiest of all the messages. It's not going to feel as heavy because I feel a heaviness that's coming over you. And listen, it's not to be heavy. This is to lift you up because here's some ways you can get out from under dealing with this in terms of it crushing you that you can struggle well and the first thing is you've got to admit it you know the hardest thing to do when you're struggling with addiction or or anxiety or depression or porn or whatever it is 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 to admit hey I've got a problem you know why because it's embarrassing like when I was going through all this, there's a lot of people that were really giving me a lot of grief. And I thought the last thing I need to do is you know, tell them, you're right, I'm crazy. I mean, it's hard to admit that there's something in your life you can't control. It's easier to deny and hide in dark places. Admit it. Number two, admit it to some other people in your life you trust. I mean, you need people to fight with you. Uh, I don't know if you realize this in, in the series, a couple of series that we watch. This is us. Anybody watch This is Us? This is Us. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Other can't. Yeah, this is us. It, it, Randall, who's struggling with anxiety from the time he was a little kid, going, hey, man, they're bringing this up. They're, they're, they're talking about this. This is crazy. Million little things. Now, there's every problem in that show. Uh, but Rome, who's struggling with depression, and you're like, hey, man, this is, this is out there. This is real. People need to know. And listen, if you're struggling, it's okay to struggle. Because one of my greatest fears is you're going to walk in and you're going to walk in like you won the Super Bowl. And everybody's going to go, wow, man, they got it all together. Look, at they got it like a family Bible. Like, like they're unbelievable. And they're, they're incredible. Like their profile is unreal. We had a guy here not too long ago, a few years ago, 
And uh, he was really struggling. He almost died, okay? He was uh, drinking and driving, almost killed him, drugs, alcohol, everything you can imagine. Crazy, messed up, blown up. And he came to recovery. And, man, he, God started healing him. He got saved. We baptized him. Man, he was growing, and everything was amazing. He was serving. We were hanging out together. And one Sunday, I was walking through the church. I was walking through the atrium, and he was holding the door open. And I said, hey, man, what's up? And he grabbed my hand, and he just kept looking at me. And I said, I love you, man. I love you, bro. You know, and he kept holding on to my hands like, bro, I love you. Okay, like, look on my hand. Uh, this is, that's, I got, I got it. I, we, we, bro, we, I get it. Like, let go. And, uh, and he went home and took his life. Yeah, and I tell you, that's heavy. It's not going to be as heavy after today, but I need to tell you what I think happened because I've tried to figure that out. I think he got better and he started getting whole. And then he started looking around, seeing all the people with perfect little lives. And he began to judge his life based on all the things he thought about these people that weren't true. And he thought, I can never measure up. Let me tell you something. Nobody measures up. That's why we have the cross. Jesus died for your sins. See, if he'd have let me in, I could have helped him because I know y'all. And I could say, let me tell you, they ain't all right. They, they got issues. I'm talking to most of them. They're a lot worse off than you are. And he never gave me a chance. So sometimes it's good for people around you when you say, hey, I don't have it all together. Sometimes my hair ain't right. Sometimes I don't work out. Sometimes I don't do clean 30 or 20 or 10. Sometimes I just struggle. And you come along beside them and you lift them up. That is the body of Christ. And the third thing is you reach out for help. Get some help. Man, it was so good when I talked to my doctor. He goes, you know, man, I, I would have never known that you were this sick. I said, well, thanks, bro. And uh, he said, no, you're really, you know, you're really struggling here. And I would have, why didn't you let somebody know? I didn't know you could let people know. I didn't know that was an option to tell people I'm struggling. And I went to a counselor. And you know what he said to me? He said, you know, man, I, I can't believe you made it this far. What, you, what you've done is Herculean. And, and it made me realize I'm a human. It validated I'm a human. I'm not Superman. Only Jesus is Superman. Only Jesus can come into that fog of darkness that sweeps over you on a Saturday and comes from your toes and comes up over your body. Only Jesus can walk up in there with a cape on and go, hey, I got you back. You just hang on a little bit longer and I got you. You're going to have some victory. Oh, yeah, the, the things that the enemy meant for evil, I'm turning it for good. He's got you. He's with you. He's not going to let you go and you just hang on a little bit longer. You learn to fight well. You learn to struggle well. I want to challenge you to be real. Join the fight club. Let us love you. Don't have to be perfect. You say, oh, I'm on. this is a trigger. I'm going to go into, well, after you get through whatever it is, come on back. You say, what does this look like? It looks like Brooke Davis who's about to come out with our team and sing. And Brooke is from Laurel. And two years ago, uh, her husband had a seizure at work. He was 31. She was 28 two-year-old son had a seizure at work and and died 
And last week I was at the hunt club and I get to go and encourage and coach and, and be blessed by all of our campuses and the campuses we're going to launch. And she was leading worship and I just kind of sat there and went, that, that's what I'm talking about. Not that she's perfect. She would, she would be really embarrassed. If, but no, that, that she has peace that passes all understanding that there is nothing that can come into your life that the peace of God cannot just surpass that and overcome that and fill you. Give us a hand on that. You have the promise of God. He will never leave you. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.